It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast. I'm Zach Berman here in studio with Rich Hoffman, the, as I said the other day, the most versatile member of the PHLY staff, author of the outstanding newsletter each morning. Uh, can talk Sixers and can talk Eagles and, and many other things. But today, Rich, we're talking Eagles. Pump for that? I'm pumped, Zach. Have a good show. And we're going to start off, uh, well, we have a lot to discuss in this show. Like you saw in the headline, we're going to discuss Pro Bowl. Because it, the events actually begin uh, today. The Eagles have seven players down there, and we'll have some fun with that topic. We'll have some Super Bowl talk in there as well, looking at last year's team and how it compares to the two teams uh, playing th- uh, next weekend. But let's start with some news, because actually, as, as we were c- uh, going over the show, some news broke. And that is down in Washington, the final head coaching job, the final head coaching seat is filled Dan Quinn goes over from the Dallas Cowboys to become the Washington Commanders head coach. All seats are now filled, but this is uh, this is one that sends ripples throughout the NFC East because obviously Washington, now you know who their coach is, and Dallas loses a key piece of their staff. What was your reaction when that went down? Well, my first question, Zach, was do you think Dan Quinn turns the backwards hat Front front facing now. I mean, you, this is a position. You sound like Colin Cowherd right now. This is I know I know with the Baker Mayfield yeah. stuff. Um, but this is a position of power. Like, is this like, is he, is he going to get serious here, and or does he ditch the hat uh, entirely? I don't know. Um, my biggest take right away was was the Washington job as coveted maybe as we thought it was because I think as somebody who's covered the Sixers for a long time, Josh Harris not a perfect owner, but obviously a huge step forward from what they have had for the past few decades can kind of have like a modern infrastructure. I think somebody who, um, like, I don't think Eagles fans should be thrilled that they they ended up being the ones who bought the commanders. And I also thought, okay, you have this new staff, you have a, a new GM from the 49ers, seems like a pretty well thought of guy, right? Uh, and you have the number two pick in the draft. Yep. And cap space. Yeah. So when you put all those things together, I thought, okay, that's going to be like an, a place that head coaches want to go. Ben Johnson, yeah. seems like he said no. Mike McDonald, seems like he said no as well. 
And, and I guess I'm just a, a little bit surprised. Now, I know Ben Johnson had uh, rumors about he, he has like a super high asking price. But those guys, I think, both passed on this job. And I'm a little bit surprised by that. Yeah, I, I think it's a very desirable job for the factors that you mentioned. Uh, the number two pick, and in addition to that, two second-round picks. A lot of cap space, and I understand Bo will tell you. And by the way, Bo's uh, he's coming back from the Senior Bowl. We'll, uh, he's going to be back in studio tomorrow, and you can check out the show that he did with Fran Duffy uh, yesterday. That's on, on, on YouTube and, and wherever you get your podcasts. But, um, you know, Bo would tell you that cap space can be overrated, uh, and I, I get that, but it's still from from a ground zero perspective of putting a team together that is appealing to have, you know, 70-plus million in cap space to have those draft picks. And so, uh, and, and, and like you said, new owner, a fan base that wants... Uh, you know that you're it's it's not like you're following a storied head coach or anything like that I think in that situation Ben Johnson was the target and they were kind of left scrambling after after Ben Johnson uh, decides to stay perhaps they act sooner if they knew Ben Johnson was going to stay um, the Mike McDonald thing I I think he I think Seattle and him were pretty far down down the line there. Obviously, he flew out to Seattle after the second interview. Uh, that's that's a job that, that makes a lot of sense there. But I, uh, or a fit that makes a, a lot of sense, I don't think the wait time is an indication of the way the job is viewed as much as Ben Johnson backing out or not pursuing it. Now, you know this better than me. Josh Harris's history with his first head coaching hire. This is and, not what, yeah, it, what it usually goes like. It, no, but it, with um, with Brett Brown, they waited until like August to hire Brett Brown. Now, I, I know there were rumors even on draft night. People were furious about yeah, that. Yeah. Too. It, it, How can you not have a head coach? It's it, July. Exactly. And <laughs> and that that seemed to be more Sam Hinkie led than anything else yeah, back then. For like, sure. like Like being deliberate. But... The uh, the confined timetable that the NFL teams put on it, it's somewhat arbitrary, right? Like, you don't have to hire a coach within three weeks. Now you want to put a staff together. And that's what's going to be interesting here with Dan Quinn is who he hires as his offensive coordinator. As you mentioned in your newsletter, these, these rumors of Chip Kelly <laughs> as a package deal with Dan Quinn. I don't know if that's going to come to place. I heard Clint Kubiak's name out there as, as well. But just from a thought exercise perspective – Imagine Dan Quinn and Chip Kelly together. Uh, that would be pretty intriguing. Well, especially because it doesn't seem like Chip really wants to play in the Big Ten mm -hmm. with with UCLA, which is probably like does not have the resources. I mean, I I see all the pictures of of the Rose Bowls sure. on uh, on most Saturdays. It's it's not what the Rose Bowl looks like on January first <laughs> or whenever they have yep. the, the actual game. Um, it doesn't seem like he's a guy who wants to continuously fly across the country to Ann Arbor, to Columbus, even to State College yep. and get his ass kicked. That doesn't yep. seem like um, something Chip would like. What, what has Chip been up to? Like, has he been good at UCLA? I don't really pay attention. He's been fine. He hasn't hit the expectations that they had for him. It hasn't been egregious enough where they say they, you know, it's so clear to, to, to move on from him. And when you're in that no man's land, that, 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 that might be worse. Like two years ago, he had a good year. This past year, they were down. Then they kind of went on a late season charge, if you will. But, um, yeah, he, he certainly hasn't been what they expected when they hired him. And interestingly, he, they, they kind of have like this, this run-oriented offense. It's, it's not spreading the field like they did at, at Oregon. Does he still have like 
you know, like eight plays, nine plays. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, the issue for him in the past, I mean, it, it was a little, it was, it was a, a little different this year. Was their defensive coordinator situation, yeah. um, and he had Jerry as an arrow there for a while. Then Bill McGovern, the late Bill McGovern, was there. Uh, this past year, he had he had Lynn, um, who was a, you know who was a good D coordinator, and then and then USC scoops him up. But regardless whether it's Chip Kelly or not, um, would this, they would they keep the enemy? Do you think? Maybe uh, now the enemy's still under contract, and so yeah, that could be a, a possibility. Now he might be. You know, disappointed that he got passed over for the head coaching job, but that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I I don't know what Dan Quinn's background is with with the enemy. I don't know what they're saying in the interviews there, uh, but the the offensive coordinator role is is critical there because the most success Dan Quinn had in Atlanta was when Kyle Shanahan was there, and I I thought Dan Quinn was a good head coach with the Falcons. That certainly Washington would take that type of result, um, but with his background, the offensive coordinator is critical. I think his first game was against Chip Kelly, right? Monday Night Football? Dan Quinn's first game? Yeah, was that his first game? Is the no, uh, no, that was um, the first game after... Well, well, that was the Eagles' first game after this. Actually, no. Come to think of it, you are correct. Yeah. I apologize. You are correct. I, I was thinking of the Thursday night opener, Eagles-Falcons, after the Eagles run the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. yeah, no, the first game down there, absolutely. Byron Maxwell sure. gets beat by Julio oh, Jones. Oh no. I remember that game well. That's, um, a, that's a bad name from the Yeah, past. that was the 2015 uh, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after watching that preseason game number three in Green Bay where they scored, I think, 21 points yep. in the first quarter, I was like... Oh man, you're all in on Sam Bradford. This is a Super Bowl team. Sammy Sleeves, he's the guy. And uh, that went, I think it took about two quarters in Atlanta, and it was like, Oh yeah, maybe maybe the preseason doesn't <laughs> yep. matter quite as much. No. Um, now Kiko had a great interception in that game. Kiko Alonso, <laughs> yes. uh, good memory. <laughs> but uh, wait, real quick though, yeah. it did feel like yeah. I think the point you made is right though. It felt like Ben Johnson was such a Josh Harris, even an Adam Peters type of hire, right? I mean, San Francisco brings Kyle Shanahan over, get the new kind of cutting edge offensive play caller, and to go to Dan Quinn, it just seems like. I don't know. I, was he their second choice, their third choice? But it does seem, and and you're right. Dan Quinn was not a bad coach in yeah. Atlanta for a lot of his his time there. But it it just doesn't fit what I thought was going to happen there. No, certainly you would expect offense, right? I I, I thought they were going to go there, and frankly, I'm I'm surprised that they did not talk to Vrabel. I thought Vrabel. I, I think Vrabel's a really head coach, a really good head head coach who would make a lot of sense coming off that Titans job. Uh, but early in the search, their priority was getting the GM right, and so they get Adam Peters. That that was that was their top target, and it really seemed like Peters and Ben Johnson would would be this package deal. So whatever happened, whether it was the the uh, the initial interview, whether it was the asking price, whether it was Ben Johnson, as he said. He does not want to mess with Happy, right? He has unfinished business with the Lions. Um, I, I, I think that sent them rerouting their search thereafter. Speaking of, speaking of Ben Johnson, do you recall coordinators basically turning down the position to be a head coach, probably in multiple places, if, <laughs> if we're being honest, considering how well thought of that guy is and how well thought of he has been for two years now? It, it feels pretty rare for that to happen. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen often. I mean, if, if, if I want to stretch your memory here and the audience's is memory, Gary Kubiak, when he was with the Broncos, was known to be especially selective, right? I, I, I think um, the expansion Browns at, at one point were interested in, in Kubiak, and he was kind of waiting for the right opportunity, and he goes 
to the Texans for, for his first job. And, and, and there have been a few other situations where the coordinator was particularly selective, but... Um, Two Kubiak mentions in the first yeah, 10 minutes yeah. of the show. Uh, but I, I'm turning this into, you know, the, the Daryl Morey uh, reference, but opportunity is not a, a lengthy visitor. Like, you don't know, hey, there's only 32 jobs. And, and you don't, you know, I keep hearing he's, he's going to be a hot candidate next year. You never know what could happen. Totally. Right? So, um, what if, what if they it have a bunch of injuries me. next year and they just, what if it, they have the Eagle season, you know, and it, it might exactly. not even be completely his fault. Yeah. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, uh, well, and, and then real quick with Dan Quinn, um, this messes up the, the Cowboys totally. quite a bit. I think he was a really good defensive yes. coordinator for them. And, you know, we mentioned it the other day, like, I, as, you know, I, I kind of compared him to Kellen Moore as he was like the defensive coordinator version. Like, he gave the Eagles trouble. It wasn't yeah. every time, but, you know, it feels like those defenses forced a ton of turnovers. It seemed like the guys played really hard for him. So the idea that he is now kind of leaving Dallas, I, I'm not sure how well he'll do as a head coach in Washington, but I know he did a pretty good job, at least in the regular season, yeah. as a defensive coordinator for Dallas. And as an Eagles fan, that's a big deal, right? To, to put an unknown in there. And also, for Dallas, like, is, is it Al Harris? Because, like, I feel like a lot of the defensive coordinator options probably are off the board, right? This is kind of like the Eagles last year where, sure. you know, we're into February now and they have a position to fill. So we'll see what they do. I mean, obviously, Al Harris is pretty well thought of there, but... Yeah, Jerry Jones said the other day um, that they're in win-now mode, which I, I made the joke the bow seems like they're always in, in win-now mode. So it, it makes you wonder, are they going for more of an established defense coordinator? But, but, but certainly from the 2024 Eagles perspective, uh, this is probably a good outcome because it takes Washington some time. Dan Quinn's not like the top choice, right? And then the flip side is Dallas is particularly weakened here or potentially weakened. You don't know what the replacement's going to do. Uh, and so that, that, uh, that does shake things up from the NFC East. And, and, and speaking of the 2024 Eagles uh, and kind of to give the behind the scenes of, of the show, we were debating what to say or how much to kind of get into A.J. Brown here, right? Because on one hand, you don't want to be oblivious to what the fan base is talking to. On the other hand, you, you, you don't want to kind of throw oxygen into something that probably doesn't have a lot of merit. So based on, on my understanding, you know, there's a, a WIP poll the other day. Would you trade A.J. Brown for Patrick Sertan? Then that took on a life of its own in terms of A.J. Brown potentially being traded. I can tell you um, <laughs> I'd be utterly shocked if there was even a thought of A.J. Brown being traded. A.J. Brown was the best player on the Eagles last year, is one of the elite players in the NFL, is on a trajectory to be a Hall of Famer. That's not hyperbole. Look at the, the statistical trajectory through the first five years of his career. Number one. Number two, from a financial perspective, it would be – imprudent um to say it generously it would be foolish like realistically to trade aj brown um and the third part is like it doesn't make them better um he is and uh, aj brown's he's respected uh he's liked um I, I it, yeah, so I didn't want to throw oxygen into it, but at the same time, I don't want it to seem like we're ignoring what's kind of 
being discussed here. He he made rounds yesterday promoting something, and, and he got asked about trade rumors. So the fact that it's being talked about means we can't ignore it, but I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious your views too, but I'm, I'm telling the audience, like, it would utterly shock me. I'm not even saying, like, if... If he's traded, it would utterly shock me. If the if they even have a conversation in that building about like should we like no, it is it's from from where I stand, it's not real, and it would be uh, it, it 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 would shock me. And now I I always say never say never in the NFL, but I it would it would shock me. Well, it's also how modern media unfortunately works, Zach. And I mean, I think there are a lot of good things about the instantaneous, you know, news on Twitter and just, you know, hey, look, Adam Schefter tweeted out that uh, that Dan Quinn was going to be the head coach about a half hour before we went on. So that that helped yeah. us. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you take whether it's a WI people. And by the way, this happens in basketball more than any other sport, just the amount of free agent and, and garbage kind of nonsense. And, you know, then it gets aggregated. Maybe one yeah. aggregator puts an eyeball emoji on, on top of it. They take yeah. they take half uh they take half of the quote. Uh, Andre Iguodala has talked about this a lot, where you, you take half of the quote and you don't give the full context, and it just it has a life of its own. The next thing, it's leading Reddit. Yeah. Um, and I think AJ Brown in this case, like yeah, it was like a poll, it was like a hypothetical thing. Like you said, it's impractical and it's not going to happen. Um, but then it gets run with, right? Yeah. And you know he gets asked about it. The one thing I will say on the K Adams show that he was on, it was like a little bit of an interesting answer. Yeah. I think it, I think it probably reveals maybe a little bit more about you know how AJ feels about not even the organization, but just having his guard up about yeah. trade rumors sure. and things like that. Even if we can admit that it's not going to happen, I, I did think it was kind of a, a little bit of a revealing answer. Now, hey, look, maybe he had just a bad day and he got taken off guard a little bit by it and you know, a, a very vague idea of trade rumors maybe scares him or whatever. But I, I thought it was a, a little bit revealing, his answer, that he just wasn't like, no, no, I'm not getting traded. Yeah, now he's 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 been traded before, so probably, you know, he's he's become jaded to the business side of the of the, of the NFL. He's been but traded already too. So. What's that? He's been traded already, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I I also want to say like I'm not you know when I say this, I'm 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 not, you know, casting aspersions on on like content anywhere else because like part of being a sports fan is you know throwing trade ideas out there yeah. it's 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 more taking something that's hypothetical and then turning it into a rumor like um you know that th there's a leap to go from a poll uh, and you know, just discussion because like I don't want to be hypocritical. We're on a show every day, year round, right? We have all these kinds of talks, right? And and so if you're, but 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 there's a difference between reporting something and you know discussing something on, on on here. But I'm I'm telling you, it would utterly shock me if there's even a conversation in that building about trading AJ Brown. Uh, also in the news, and and this is real, is uh, Denard Wilson. Eagles former defensive backs coach. It looks like he's going to Tennessee to be their defensive coordinator. Uh, to give a, a little background here, Denard Wilson was a popular um, assistant with the Eagles. He interviewed for the defensive coordinator job, did not get it, therefore did not stay in Philly, went to Baltimore. Since then, the Eagles are now on their third defensive play caller, and Denard Wilson is finally going to get the opportunity to call his own defense. As somebody who was in that locker room, and, you know, who's been there for a while now. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to call you old, Zach. But, uh, no, I'm you know, 37. Yeah. yeah. Somebody somebody <laughs> who has seen many an assistant coach walk through those doors of, yeah. of Novacare. 
did it seem like Denard Wilson at the time was maybe a more popular position yeah. coach than usual, or maybe had a little bit, I don't even say influence, but just that his guys would go to bat for him more sure. than maybe, um, maybe the normal position coach. Did you feel that at the time in 2022? Yes. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good question. I did feel it in part because defensive backs are, um, that's a group that can be, it, they're big personalities typically, defensive backs, right? Think of Deion Sanders, right? Um, think of, of Darius Slay. And, you know, Malcolm Jenkins has a strong personality. So defensive backs are a, a, a group where you often need a strong personality to coach them. And he has, he earned their respect. He did a good job developing players. Uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson is another big personality. He, he, he really did a good job acclimating C.J. Also, from like an Eagles trajectory uh, perspective, after his first year here, 2021, they gave him a defensive passing game coordinator title. Oh, he got the title. <laughs> he got the title, which <laughs> in essence is their way of, of saying, like, you're doing a good job. We value you. We're going to give you this pay bump. We're going to give you this title bump. But they didn't hire him as defense coordinator, and there are people in that in that locker room who you know wanted to see him get that job. So, uh, but it, it's if it worked out great with the and Matt Patricia, um, then you could say, all right, the Eagles made the right decision. I'm not saying everything would have been good last year had they hired Denard Wilson. I'm saying it did not go well after they bypassed Denard Wilson. Yeah, it just seems like. He and Darius Slay had an unbelievable relationship. Of course, Slay, you know, there was there were stories written yeah. about it. Uh, Slay, I the first thing when I saw that news last night, I looked at Slay's Twitter and he was already there. Like yep. my guy, my guy got the job. So uh, good for Denard Wilson. Yeah, it just didn't feel the, the same as like when Corey Unlin was the defensive backs sure. coach here. When Corey Unlin's, you know, had some good jobs around the league too. But this idea that Denard Wilson was probably had kind of risen above the stature of your run of the mill de- defensive backs coach. So. Yeah, uh, good good role for him. We'll get to call some some defensive plays with an offensive uh, coach in Tennessee. Uh, last one for you. you. You mentioned it in the newsletter. Mike McDonald uh, got hired by Seattle. Not really Eagles-related news there, but the one Eagles-related thing that I should point out is that Carl Scott, a Seahawks defensive um, a Seahawks defensive assistant who was reportedly coming to Philly with Clint Hurt, your boy, uh, as as you wrote about in the uh, newsletter. <laughs> the, the defensive line coach, yeah. his defensive line coach. Yeah. Um, he, uh, it sounds like Carl Scott's actually now going to stay uh, with the Seahawks. That, that, that report um, is, I believe, from Matt Zenitz. And that's notable, too, because... When you keep hearing at this stage of, you know, I, a, I, I've been, I've been getting questions from fans, like why aren't the Eagles announcing these guys? You know, they haven't announced Kellen Moore, for instance, and sometimes it's because they're they're waiting uh, to announce everything at once, and then other times it's because they're still sorting things through, and particularly at the position coach level. A guy might think he's coming, but then someone else comes in. Whether it's a, it's a better offer, it's more money, it's a, it's better trajectory. So until you're signed, you're not signed. It, the funny thing about that report too, because it was accompanied with the picture of 
Clint Hurt looking like Clint Hurt. Yep. It was like, it was basically like Clint Hurt was dragging Carl Scott across the country with him. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to throw you over yeah. my shoulder, kind of fireman carry you to Philadelphia, and you're going to be the defensive backs coach. So, um, so yeah, I think that was what he was rumored to be, right? The, the secondary coach. Yeah, they, they didn't have the 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 official title, but that had been his 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 background with Seattle, with Alabama, um, and certainly like I, I I mentioned, he's someone who has a background with some of the members on the Eagles coaching staff. Uh, now, uh, real quick, as I as I pull up the ads, would you want Clint Hurton and Dom DeSandro? Coming off the bus first, yes. or, or and, Jordan Mailata. What, what, uh, who would be your come off the first? Your your come off the bus first guy. With oh, I think both of them. I think they should be the first people to walk out of the tunnel before the game. Like Dom and Clint should lead them onto the field, and maybe like don't run onto the field. Walk, you know. Even look more intimidating. Uh, yeah, I thought him and Clint and and Dom would be a, a great pairing together. Uh, yeah, Clint just looks more like a defensive line coach than I've probably ever seen somebody look like a defensive line coach. <laughs> now, if it, that's the first off the bus, if you want to be the first off the plane in Clearwater uh, for Philly spring training, then you need to sign up for Philly sports trips. The PHLY is off the Clearwater with Philly sports trips for our very first PHLY spring training takeover. Hang with Philly's legend, Charlie Manuel. Philly sports trips plans the whole experience out from flights and hotels, the game tickets and transportation. So that's great. All you have to do is show up and have fun. And speaking of, of having fun, you can spend St. Patrick's Day on a private yacht with a catered dinner and drinks. That sounds like Bo Wolf music right there. Beyond the lookout for more events throughout the year with Philly sports trips. Our trip is March 13th to 18th, so don't wait to book. Head to allphly.com slash events to learn more and book your trip. Now, don't wait to book that, but if you want to wait to book something, then the place to do that would be with Game Time um, because Game Time is a place for last-minute tickets, uh, and, and you can also book ahead of time. Like, I'm going to the Sixers game Sunday, pull up the app, look at the deals, and you can find great deals on Game Time. It's not just the Sixers game this Sunday. It's a big game next Sunday. We all know the game we're talking about, and if you're going to Vegas and, and you want an extra $100, which you could use on a great steak, which you could use... Uh, on, you know, doubling down on 11 and blackjack, which uh, you could use on anything you would want to do in Vegas. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100 uh, with killer with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seats and the best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and like i said it's not just for the big game it's for any game like this sunday's game this sunday sixers game if you think ben simmons is going to play no okay well if ben simmons played and you wanted to boo him or cheer him or however you feel about ben simmons you can pull up that app and you can get game time tickets for Sixers or nets game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event even an hour after it starts it's the place for last minute seats find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now game time users get 100 off a big 
game ticket with code Vegas 100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. And if you're not going to that game, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, so the Pro Bowl. Okay, everyone, you know, it's it's uh, it's the all star time of year. I should ask you first, what's your favorite all star game? Well, I think only one of them actually simulates what a normal game is like, and that's the one that doesn't require running that much. That's baseball. That's baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All star games stink now, man. Uh, But I think, uh, yeah, I think it has to be baseball. I mean, basketball is a complete joke. can't really say I know too much about the hockey all-star game. Maybe that one is is good, but of the other three, definitely baseball. Uh, real quick, by the way, there is a there is a correction. Um, I said the Sixers Nets game Sunday. It's actually Saturday. It's my Sunday because I'm heading to Vegas on Sunday, so it's the last day of my weekend. So I'm 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 going there with my kids for a night out with them. So that's why I was thinking Sunday, but it's actually Saturday. So just a correction there. But yeah, back to the Pro Bowl. The Eagles have seven players there. Okay, A.J. Brown pulled out, so A.J. Brown is not there. Uh, but Landon Dickerson, Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Hassan Reddick, Darius Slade, DeAndre Swift. And when Jason Kelsey was asked if he's going to play in the Pro Bowl, and this was back when they were cleaning out their lockers, Jason Kelsey said, well, he's not quite sure that you actually play, right? There, there's, there's, there's not like your typical game. It's, it's not your typical game like the last time that he was there, but he's excited to go down to Orlando and he gets to go to, to Disney World. He called it Walt Disney World, as Bo would like to point out. Uh, you got to get to Walt in there. Um, not Roy Disney World. <laughs> not, Walt not Roy Disney World. Walt Disney World. Um, man, he said as, as long as his daughter can see Elsa, then they will be happy. So he is down in Orlando with Dickerson. Hertz is the last-minute addition as his sleigh. They are both uh, replacements. And then Lane Johnson, Hassan Reddick, and, and DeAndre Swift, like I said. Some of the skill competitions that are today, there's the best catch, there's precision passing, closest to the pin, high stakes, dodgeball, kick-tack-toe, uh, snapshots. And then Sunday it includes Madden head-to-head, uh, gridiron gauntlet, tug of war, move the chains. So, yeah, this is not like uh, your Pro Bowl of your. Will you be watching at no, all? No, it actually, okay. some of those descriptions, though, reminded me of, I played a lot of Madden in my life. Yes. I, don't, I, I don't really play it quite as much anymore. Maybe I should, should buy it back to see what. Uh, well, so I'll tell you, um, when, you know, when you have a, uh, a son who, who kind of gets into video games, all of a sudden now it's like socially acceptable again sure. to play it. So um, my son is nuts about Madden, and I'm in there, and I'm spreading five wide, and he's going like he, – he goes to the goal line defense because he probably plays at like rookie mode. Um, and so I, I, sp- I spread five wide, and I do a hot route, and I try to explain to him how you have to read what the other team's doing. So, um, yeah, I, I don't take it easy on him in Madden. It, it reminded me of kind of the mid-2000s, like the, the mini games in Madden. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I used to play those for They brought hours. those back. Like the, the running back yeah, challenge? It's oh. called training camp now. They brought those back. Oh, yeah. Those were so much it's fun. It's nothing like actual training camp, but it's like their version of training camp. And then like yeah. the passing, you had, to, you had to throw the ball yep. through the hoop or kind of the, the fake hoop that yep. video games could provide. Uh, that's what it reminds me of. Um, no, no, I won't be watching. But I also understand why the NFL does this. Because as I wrote in the newsletter today, Zach, like I just pulled up a clip. I just like, hey, just let's pull up a random year and type it into YouTube. And I typed in the 2002 Pro Bowl. 
And I watched about five minutes of it. Not five minutes, three minutes. The first play I watched was Jeff Garcia was on the Niners. He goes back to pass. And I, and I get it. They're going at maybe 85% speed, but it's, it's not 30% speed. And he gets planted into the ground by two gigantic defensive tackles. And it made me think, like, I can't believe they ever did <laughs> this. On, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, this is the one sport where you just can't play an all-star game. Sure. I mean, you could if everybody decided to play hard, but why would people decide to play sure. hard? It, it hurts to play football. And I think uh, going to these kind of mini-game formats makes sense, but it's just unbelievable that for so long they played at, what, what was it called, Aloha Stadium? Yes, in, in Hawaii. Yep. I mean, and in the 2000s Which is the carp, the, the bright, the, it's like the veteran stadium oh, turf. It yeah. looked like veteran stadium, giant stadium. Yep. It just looked absolutely miserable. And when Jeff Garcia was getting up from that sack, he was like looking around like, why, why am I why? here? Exactly. This, is my, this is my reward for yeah. playing well this season. <laughs> that I just yeah. had 600 pounds fall on me. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's funny that they did that for so long. Well, speaking of, of that, my most vivid Pro Bowl watching memory was the late Sean Taylor. Uh, Brian Mormon, I believe it was, was the punter. Do you remember that he had a, fun, uh, a fake punt, and he's running down the right sideline, and Sean Taylor just decks him. <laughs> and, like, I'm, I'm not even talking about, like, a, a normal hit. I'm like, Sean Taylor made him think that, that he was, like, like he went from Hawaii back to California, right? <laughs> it, was, it was a hit. Hit, hit him right across the Pacific Ocean. It, exactly. Uh, and to your point there, Brian Mormon's probably like, well, I'm a punter. <laughs> if this happened in a game, it'd be bad. If this happens in the Pro Bowl, right? Um, and, and, you know, there was the time when. Uh, Can you imagine like showing up to OTAs and being like, "Yeah, I can't play." That hit from the Pro exactly, Bowl was still yeah. it took its toll on me. Well, <laughs> maybe training camp. Like, like this actually didn't happen in in the game, but but there was the famous incident. I say I, I say famous like everyone knows it. Uh, famous for me, uh, Robert Edwards, the running back for the New England Patriots, had a good rookie year. He was uh, he was out of Georgia. He had a good rookie year. He's down in Hawaii for the Pro Bowl, and he's playing a beach football game. And oh, that's right. He gets injured, and it like ruined his career. Even the beaches are bad in exactly, Hawaii, right? Exactly. Uh, but for, you your, know, for your knees, I'm sure they're, they're fun to just you <laughs> well, know, surf and and hang out on. Well, yeah. So I I I, w I was going to ask you. I have a lot of Pro Bowl questions for you. But while we're on that topic, it's been in Hawaii, or it was in Hawaii for a long time. That was the big perk. You know, you go there, you 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 sit at the pool or the beach, uh, you drink. You know, you're 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 having mai tais at the beach <laughs> uh, or the pool, and then. It was I, I've covered it in Orlando. I've covered it in Arizona. Um, it's been in Vegas uh, in recent years. It, it, it's been in my. It was in Miami for a year. Uh, where the, would you want to go? How's the media access? First off, so it used to be awesome. Now I haven't covered it since they changed the format, but. Uh, I care about us. I feel that. like I'm giving. I I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm giving away some some secrets here. It's the same week as the Senior Bowl, right? Obviously, both down at at the Senior Bowl, and the Senior Bowl is kind of like the place where all the media goes this week. If your team, if you're not covering a team that's still in it, because uh, the coaches are there, the GMs are there. Uh, you know, you, you start to do your draft work, like you mentioned in the in the newsletter. Um, and the Pro Bowl, everyone's like, why would you go to the Pro Bowl? I went to the Pro Bowl for a few years to cover because you're able to get players in a relaxed environment, Yeah. number one. It's a few weeks after, after the season ended. Um, 
you know, I don't want to say, when I say they're happy to see you, it, that's probably an exaggeration. I, I, I can't imagine Jason Kelsey went back to Kylie and was like, I got to see Zach today, right? But, but it's, it's the type of, you know, you, see, you know, I, I do, I've, I've covered two Pro Bowls where, where Jason was there and he's, he's, he's always great to talk to, but he was especially like, you know, nice and helpful because you're a familiar face. It's it's not the grind of the season, right? It's it's a, it's a, a few weeks later. I mean, I've spent time with Fletcher Cox at Pro Bowls, at um, Darren Sproles. Um, I'm trying to think. Evan Mathis, uh, John Dornboss, Cody Parkey, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Rick Lovato at, at at the Pro Bowl. I'm trying to think of all what my a, Pro Bowl what interviews. What a decade of special teams in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of all my Pro Bowl interviews. Point being, like it's a, it, it's a way to talk to these guys. It's actually, and you know this much better than me, but like the NBA All Star Game is a huge media or ordeal, right? I see like that that media day before where those guys are surrounded. Yeah, you don't even you don't even go. I mean, it's just for national media and kind of you know people that are looking for ch- uh, cheap, quick quotes. Like, yeah. Your access is horrible there in terms of like actually talking yeah. to people. But they're like on podiums and say it's, it's, it's like a whole deal. Um, there's, MLB there's also international reporters yeah. too, and you know I mean there's just it's kind of like the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. There's people that are kind of asking non hoops questions. Sure. I would just skip those. Yeah. yeah. MLB All Star Game is a big deal for the for the media, um, and uh, I, I think the NHL All Star Game is too. The Pro Bowl is not now. Ever since it moved from Hawaii, it's not. Um, I, I think there are some reporters who like getting that Hawaii trip out of it. Um, you know, I, I remember one year. I'm, I'm not saying they 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 did it. For, well, I, I used to. I, I grew up reading the Inquirer, and I'd see like this byline from Honolulu, and I'm like, man, I'm pretty jealous about that. But um, but uh, the the NFL Pro Bowl doesn't get a lot of media, so it's it's a way to have good conversations with people. And I can tell you some like real good quality stories that I've gotten at the Pro Bowl um, because there weren't as many reporters there. I don't know what it's like now ever since they changed it from a game to like this this week-long event, like you said. But where would, so where would you want to go if, let's say you're a, a player. Let's say you're, I don't know, are, are you Jason Kelsey? Are you Jake Elliott? Are you, are you Rick Lovato? Are you Fletcher Cox? Let's say Rick Lovato. Okay, you're Rick Lovato. Um, do you want to go to Hawaii? Do you want to go to Vegas? Do you want to go to Orlando? I think I want to go to Hawaii once. Okay. I think Hawaii is like a once every five years type of thing. And then I think I'd rather go to Orlando. Uh, I, unfortunately for you, because that's where the Super Bowl is this year, I'm, I'm not the biggest Vegas person. In, Neither is Julia, yeah. In, in the world. Uh, you know, it's like, look, I've had some fun there. I've, yeah. I've, I've gone on... Uh, you, you do know, summer league there. It's, summer, it's, it's scorching hot. It's, at that time it's really hot, and it's just like... I don't know. I, I like Vegas, but it's a place for for two days or so. Okay, yeah. And then fair. by by day three, I'm I'm burned out. And you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, if if you leave that Vegas airport on a Sunday night, which I don't yeah. know what you're, you're you're leaving on a Friday. We're leaving on a Friday. Yep. That is a an interesting place to see all the people <laughs> yeah. who have who have been around in Vegas. So yeah, I think I think for for Hawaii, maybe once every four or five years. And then I think I would pick Orlando amongst those. Um, I don't know. I, I just the, the easier trip. You know, I don't know what what you think of Orlando. Do you? There are a lot of. Uh, I have some friends who are adults who uh, who have gone to Disney World. Like, okay, and that's been like a big, without kids. Yeah, well, really, and not at not at my age. But okay, let's say at like you know in their like young twenties. Uh, interesting. And I feel like that has been kind of a controversial subject amongst us. Like you know, yeah. Some, some people say that's absolutely ridiculous, but what's the chat think? 
Is is or is Disney World a place you can go without kids? I well, they say that there are places like I, I don't know if it's again. I don't really know Disney World that yeah. well. Like whether it's Epcot or just some of the resorts there, where yeah, there are like bars and things like that. But I'm pretty sure these guys are actually like riding the rides during the day. <laughs> okay, so you know my friends are, are interesting people. I guess. Yeah, I um I went to Disney World a year and a half ago with my kids, um and uh and and my wife and, and my in laws and. I will say that the <laughs> this is gonna sound embarrassing, but I, I, I asked for like half hour to an hour to myself so I can go to the Hall of Presidents. If you're familiar with that, um, <laughs> I wanted to see. I, I hadn't been there since I was a kid. Um, as a, I was like, I don't think my at, at the time my son was four. I'm like, I don't think he wants to go to the Hall of Presidents. Um, my wife didn't want to go to the Hall of Presidents, so I'm like, you know what? You can hang out with the kids. You can eat like you know they had these like big chicken legs. I'm gonna go to the Hall of Presidents, and uh, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> And I'll also say that, you know, when I walk into, I, I'm, I, I hope this is not the other media catching strays, okay? But when I walk into like to the Eagles, um, you know, media house, and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm walking in full of energy, uh, and, and they're like, why are you so happy right now? Like, like, why are you so energetic? Well, when you go to Disney World. Everyone there is like it's what's the happiest place on earth, sure. right? So yeah, so you fit right in when when you're attacking with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Um, but uh, I love that you don't go on Space Mountain, you don't go on Splash Mountain, the Hall of Presidents. I went to the Hall of Presidents by myself, by myself. Um, that was uh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> um, but I, I did the other stuff with my kids, like. Uh, but the Hall of Presidents I did on my own. Yeah, I, I guess if you're Jason Kelsey. And you get to go with your daughter, um, you know, and, and your family. Whoa. Disney World's the, the the draw. I would think for I I I don't know what Jalen Hurts thinks. I'm I'm curious. Like, would Jalen Hurts rather be in Vegas? Would he rather be in Hawaii? Is he happy in Orlando? Um, I'm, I'm do not you, down there to ask. Do you think he even notices it? You know, this is this is just a location. This is, <laughs> yes. I mean, I feel like Jalen would be like, "This is a business trip." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> even though it's the Pro Bowl. But but to your point and about it being a, a business trip. One thing that I hear from from players, and I remember talking to Josh Sweat about this. If if you want to turn it into a drinking game, I just mentioned Josh Sweat. So sure. So so this, there you go. You can take a shot. Um, I. Uh, I if, if it's your first, if, if you're a young up and coming player and it's your first time there, there's something cool about being around the other great players, right? Sometimes you, you feel like, all right, I've made it. Sometimes you feel like I, I, I could soak this up. I mean, I think about the NBA All-Star game where you see like, you know, I was in, in watching the last dance and you see the locker room, how like Jordan's there and Kobe's there. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's pretty cool from, from that perspective. So from... Now, I was, I was, I was going to say Jalen Hurts is surrounded by these top quarterbacks. A lot of them are kind of pulling out, like, like Gardner Minshew, no knock on Gardner Minshew, but Gardner Minshew's in the Pro Bowl this year, right? So it's not like you're surrounded by all of the best quarterbacks, but at some other positions, you know, you're surrounded by elite players. Uh, so that's a good thing. And then the other thing, too, and this, this brings back Darren Sproles. I remember when Darren Sproles was in it. Uh, this was... 2000 and this was after the 2014 season so going into 2015 um it was before the arizona super you know, i i went out there for the super bowl in arizona but the pro bowl was in arizona so i was there for like a week and a half fun time in arizona um yeah, arizona's not a bad place yeah especially this time of year uh and so uh darren sproles he it was like such a sense of accomplishment because it was later on in his career 
and he had worked so hard to get there. And I remember talking to Drew Brees, uh, flex, but, um, <laughs> but Drew Brees was like, he felt so good for Darren Sproles to be there. And I imagine it's the same way in the NBA. Like, like when you first make it, uh, it's a totally. sense of accomplishment. Tyrese Maxey probably in a couple weeks here. Yeah, good point. Like he's going to get to play with LeBron and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these people he looked up to. So definitely. I love Darren Sproles, by the way. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, Sproles is the man. Sproles is the man. Um, real quick, though, uh, with the Pro Bowl here, um, which event would you do best at here? I'm, I'm going to read some of these to you. Best catch, precision passing, closest to the pin, high stakes, which is the goal of this event is to catch the most footballs without dropping any. Okay, dodgeball, kick-tac-toe, which is each team's kicker competes in a giant tic-tac-toe competition, snapshots, which is a long snapper and center have the chance to shine. You snap football into a target of various sizes. Uh, Then I said Madden, gridiron gauntlet, which is an obstacle course, tug-of-war, which is standing above a, well, we all know Uh, (laughs) tug-of-war. You're going to define (laughs) tug-of-war. And then move the chains, um, which is offensive and defensive alignment strength competition that includes teams of five players collaborating to move 3,000 pounds of weight off a wall. I, I don't think I would do well at anything that involved catching or throwing. Okay. It's, I, I think people don't completely understand this, like just watching at home, because I, I certainly forget it, um, especially like as somebody who's been able to go to some like training camp practice flex yeah. uh, as well, uh, is... Uh, the footballs are so big in yes. the NFL. They're, like, huge. For the yep. average person, the idea that these guys can both throw the ball 50 to 60 yards and that, you know, somebody like Devontae Smith, who is just, like, not a very big person, makes these catches routinely. Like, these balls are dirt. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Like, it's it's not easy. I think kicking would probably be – I would do the best just compared to the average person off the street. I have never – uh, participated in the Eagles. Uh, do they still do that? The, the kick they competition? Do, they do not. The, Jimmy, the Jimmy Kemsky, Kemsky, yeah, Jimmy Kemsky Park, and Elliot Parks. used to dominate it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Martin Frank was good at it, too. Yeah. So I think I would probably do a little bit better than... I'm not saying I would beat Jimmy or Elliot yeah. at it, but I, I think compared to the average person, anything that involved kicking, I think, you know, I could probably do a little better. What about dodgeball? I think you do well at dodgeball. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially, too, if I'm playing against, like, other writers, too. Okay. Like, man, Not if you're if, if you're competing against NFL players, you don't. Think no, I think okay. I would do poorly. Okay. Yeah, I know. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I would like to see if 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 they say if if Roger calls me, Roger Goodell, we're on first name basis, right? If Roger Goodell calls me and says uh, and says, how can we improve this? I would say let's let's take it a step further. If you're not playing a game, let's stop doing these NFL skills things. Okay, let's see how these guys are in other sports. Let's have a three point shooting contest. Let's have a home run derby. Let's have, um, I don't know if you can simulate a hockey thing, um, but, you know, you know, let's have a soccer, uh, you know, shot thing. Let's, let's, let's do tennis. Let's do golf, swimming, whatever it may be, right? I, I would do that. And to that point, I, I, I hear you're a pretty good shooter. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can, I can definitely do that well. And, you know, I'm not, I, I don't move the same way I yeah. used to, but... You uh, you don't forget how to like make a standstill wide yeah. open three. So uh, unless you don't know how to do it, in which yeah, case, yeah. unless you don't know, yeah, how to do it. or you, or you don't shoot. Well, yeah. you know, I, I listen to the pods. Yes. You're you're a facilitator. You know, yes, you're, exactly. You do the little I, stuff. I, I would get the ball to you. Sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. But I'm not shooting that three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I that would be a a good wrinkle too. And I say that because in Eagles in their auditorium they have a basketball hoop and those guys love it. Like. 
you know, and, and Nick Sirianni always has these these competitions. So that that would be a good wrinkle to it. Well, and I remember too, just watching Comcast Sportsnet, like in the, you know, kind of like the late '90s, early 2000s. The Eagles they used to do a charity basketball game. Yes, right? yep. and it used to crack me up seeing some of the linemen, like they're big boys, sure. you know, wearing the uh, wearing the the jerseys, and some of them are such good athletes that even at you know close to 300 pounds, they were getting up for dunks and things like that. I remember T.O. was unbelievable in those games as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Derek Boyko used to be the coach, and uh, there was always a competition. Uh, there was always debate about who the best Eagles basketball player was. But they did have a team, and they had jerseys and everything. Um, and on this year's roster, I mean, McNabb uh, was probably the best, right? Or he was he was up there. Yeah, he played at Syracuse. Um, but there, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he, uh, he was legit. There were a few others who could play. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, I think, could play. Uh, and on this year's team, I know Devontae plays um his favorite player was rondo and i can actually see you know with those long arms i i, I can see a, a rondo element to Devonte's game uh but i'm i am curious who the best would would, would be i mean jordan mylotta in the post i don't know if jordan mylotta's ever played basketball but jordan mylotta in the post would, would would be tough to defend yeah um anything else in the pro bowl no i think we got a lot of pro bowl talk yeah, in there. okay uh and again that that's uh it begins today, and it's through this weekend, and the Eagles have seven players down there. Landon Dickerson, Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Hassan Reddick, Darius Slay, and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is in his first one. Landon Dickerson, Jalen Hurts, are, uh, and Hassan Reddick are going to their first Pro Bowls because they did not go last year, of course. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, last thing, you know, we, we have a, a few minutes here, and this was actually going to be the top topic today. Um, everyone's talking about the Super Bowl. And I look at these Super Bowl rosters, and I say, you know, I think the Niners have a really good roster, and the Chiefs are who they are. Uh, we discussed that on, on Monday's show. But what jumps out to me is, A, I don't think this Chiefs team is as good as last year's Chiefs team. But B, I would take the 2022 Eagles over either of those teams is is that me being too close to the 2022 Eagles or do you feel the same way well especially because the Niners have not been very impressive this is not an L I know their uh their fans they, they always talk about you know how impressive their regular season is and the DVOA yeah. like and good for them they made the Super Bowl so it actually doesn't matter it's just winning the games at this point but the style points were not there in the in the Packers and the Lions games I mean frankly I thought they got outplayed maybe in both of those games yeah. um, for, for long stretches. Definitely. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you, Zach. Here, here is, you know, again, we've, we've talked about a lot of the basketball crossover topics yep. today. In basketball, the, the general rule of thumb for, like, a Super Bowl, or obviously NBA Finals contender, is you got to have a top 10 offense mm-hmm. and a top 10 defense. In football, and you can remind me if this is wrong, that's not always the case, no. right? Like, the, the dominant offense, I feel like some of the Chiefs' defenses, yep. some of the uh, – I think like the Packers, the Patriots, yep. like once in a while they snuck in with pretty bad defenses. Yep. That's right, right? Yeah. That yeah. the dominant yeah. offense can kind of supersede. I think you have everything. to be dominant on one side of the ball. Like I don't think you have to be top five on both sides or top ten on both sides because um, I've heard that in the NBA as as well. But I think in the NFL, if you have one side of the ball that's, that's, like, that's absolutely elite, then the other side, it can't be horrible. But if, even if it's middle of the pack, you can win games because of that one side. Well, do you think, too, I mean, I would say most times it has to be the elite offense, too. Is there a recent example where it's kind of mediocre offense, incredible defense? I mean, the uh, the 2000 Ravens, yeah. the 85 Bears. We're getting back in the <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> the 85 Bears. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, those are the ones that, that jumped to mind. Some of those... Um, yeah, no, no, you're you're probably right because even the Patriots just, teams. I'm just thinking over the last 10 in like years. the post Randy yeah. Moss era, um, and you know those in the most recent Patriots teams, they still had Brady, right? Um, you know that like that Patriots team that beat the Rams wasn't prolific, but you know they were a really good defensive team that year. You know they had, uh, but uh, but they they still had Brady, and no, it is true when you look at some of the great Super Bowl teams in recent years. Uh, I mean, the the Ravens team that beat the Niners, Flacco, when Flacco was a leader, sure. I think that was the 2012 season. Um, that that Ravens team was better defensively than they were offensively, I, I, I would say. Um, I'm trying to go through this in my, in, in my head, but but those would be the ones that, that really jump out. Uh, you know, yeah. But, well, actually, here, I, I would say the Legion of Boom Seahawks sure. were better defensively than offensively, but they still had Russell Wilson and they still had Marshawn Lynch. Uh, and it's not as if they were a dynasty either. I mean, they came close. Oh, oh yeah. Or, Claire brings up that point. The the sec, the the patent title in, in Denver. Yes, good point. He was not very good at the Yeah, end when they that. beat Carolina. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much all Von Miller in that defense. Yep. Yeah. So and I Thanks, remember Claire. Yeah, that's and good I, rem- I remember in the AFC championship game it was like a very Kind of ugly game. They yep. beat the Patriots at the end, but the Patriots had a shot, but it was ugly, low scoring. And yeah, like Jim Nance would always be like, well, the sheriff can, yep. <laughs> can he get the, the Broncos over the finish line? And it was just funny because Peyton Manning for his entire career was probably the best quarterback in the league. I mean, you know, Brady at different times too, but right up there and he couldn't win a title. And then when he has like one of his worst seasons yep. at the very end, it, he actually wins a Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's funny how, how that does work. Uh, but, but like the Eagles, for instance, were, were favored over the Chiefs last year. Yeah, right? I mean, they were top five on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I think that this Chiefs team is inferior to last year's Chiefs team. I think, you know, now the uh, people in San Francisco might disagree, but I think last year's Eagles team would be favored over this year's Niners team. Um, I think so. So, too. so now Patrick Mahomes is still a buzzsaw, right? But it is accurate to say that, or it is my opinion, at least, that. The Eagles, if if they could have had last year's team this year, then they would have won their second Lombardi. I, I agree with you, Zach, because I, I think the Chiefs' offense was 
pretty dominant last mm-hmm. year. And obviously, I think their defense has improved. But yep. I, again, I'm I'm still more scared of the one elite unit. If you sure. if you have to contend with that, I think that that can be a pretty tough out in the playoffs. So when I look at the two teams, I would say the Niners feel more like last year's Eagles. Yes. They have the quarterback who's making nothing. They have the great group of skill players. Yep. Um, Good point. They can run the ball pretty much at will. It seems like they are maximizing their quarterback's skill set. But I would say this year's Chiefs are kind of how the Eagles have to look at it moving forward. And, and that's really just a product of how much money the quarterback sure. is making and and roster building. Um, you, you would know better than me, but it sure looks like, you know, Andy and Brett Veach – it seems like they really killed the draft defensively for, I don't know, like a two or three year span there. Yeah. Like, I, I was looking at their uh, at their depth chart, and you know, you see, I think I saw like six or seven guys that were all drafted on defense from 2020 to 2022. It's like Sneed, Willie Gay, yep. McDuffie, Karloftis. Good point. So it, it seems to me like that is how they're going to have to go about it moving forward. And you know, the other day I mentioned can. Vic Fangio be the Spags, the the older defensive coordinator who kind of settles into a spot at the end of his career and gives the team a certain level of continuity and you know gravitas on that side of the ball. Um, you know, it's it's not exactly the same, right? Like the Eagles clearly if, moving forward and next year especially, like they're going to spend a lot more at wide receiver than sure. the Chiefs did. Um, but I, I think that is generally the model. So you know, a lot of this is going to come down to Jalen. Yeah, that's that's a great point because when you do pay the quarterback, there is I, I think it's a miss I think it's a, a misnomer or an overstatement to suggest that when you pay the quarterback, you can't pay other other spots, right? There's enough money to go around. You just can't pay every spot. So you need to decide where you're not paying. And at those spots you're not paying, you need to be exceptional at drafting and developing. And to your point, the Chiefs have done a really good job in recent years of drafting uh, some of those spots on defense where they're not paying. You know, cornerback is an example of, of that. They haven't done as well drafting wide receiver, although Rasheed Rice, Philly guy, uh, is looking good this year, and he's going to continue developing. Um, but they've really put their money in Andy Reid fashion and similar to the Eagles in their offensive and defensive lines, right? You know, like they're paying offensive linemen in free agency. I mean, they paid Joe Tooney, right? They paid Jawan Taylor. Um, they're, they're committed to paying top dollar at those spots. And that's where they're investing their second contract, third player, you know, second contract, third contract guys. Uh, and the Eagles, similarly, the Eagles are paying their wide receivers, right? They're paying their edge rushers right now um their defensive tackles they won't necessarily have to pay because they're on rookie deals but eventually they're paying their offensive line um they're paying corners right now but that's you're gonna see that start to change as you know in the second in hurts second contract when you get this the bradbury and slay deals off your books you're gonna have to develop you know you're 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 gonna have to rely on keely ringo and i don't want to throw eli Eli ricks in there now and maybe the eagles draft a corner in the second round but you're gonna have to really draft and develop well uh and that's what the chiefs have 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 done in this like mahomes contract era totally and it's i mean the eagles are still going to spend on the lines Mm -hmm. like that's clear that they are going to do that but you know regardless of how many resources they spend now i think this season showed that there there is a base level of of spending and, and resource allocation you need to put to the back seven, sure. and I'm not sure the Eagles met that this season. Um, but like some of it is 
you know, the 49ers, they drafted Fred Warner in the third round. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Do you also spent a couple third round picks at yeah. linebacker? Yeah, Davion Taylor did not work out. In the uh, and the Kobe Dean, we will see. We will see. Certainly not the uh, Fred Warner type impact. Yeah, but I think the way you put it is is kind of how we should look at it. Where there are going to be some spots where they're able to spend in free agency, they're able to retain players, uh, but those other spots, I, I think you you need to do a great job of drafting and maybe consider drafting higher in those spots and then developing as well. So. Uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. These are two fairly flawed teams, though. You know, like the Chiefs defense. I, the one difference between last year is the Chiefs defense feels like a much better unit. Yeah. Like, and I, and I think the Chiefs defense, like, give them credit. Against the Eagles last year, they they didn't really stop them. They had the one fluke play where they scored the touchdown, and that was obviously key in that game. But it, it did feel like in the second half, even if they weren't stopping the Eagles, they did they did at the end. It was much harder for the Eagles to drive down. That's what kind of made Jalen Hurts' performance more impressive because Spags had – he didn't figure out the Eagles' offense, but he was making them work in a way that Johnny Gans and the Eagles' yeah. defense was just was just not doing with Mahomes by the end of that game. So this is your last show before the Super Bowl with us. Um, do you have a Super Bowl pick, or do we have to wait for the newsletter next week to find out? I, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. I, I just Because think, of Mahomes? Yeah, I think just because of Mahomes and, and Reed – and, and look, I, I just, I, you know, I've seen them now in two playoff games against two pretty good teams. Besides their great talent level and, and Mahomes just being great, just feels like they're not phased yeah. by this. And, and the Niners, I don't know. They, they feel a little more rickety. I, I have not been quite as impressed by I mean, in the regular season, I was super impressed by them. They would just win, you know, 35-21 yeah. every week, and it would just be very easy. And... Purdy would score on six of his ten drives or, or, or nine drives. Um, but I just haven't been quite as impressed by them. So I think I am leaning towards the Chiefs, which I, I think they are underdogs right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a little surprised by that. Because I'm a home, because of the history, yeah. I Even agree. last year, like, you know, I know the Eagles uh, were, were probably better than this 49ers team, but I, I'm so, still a little surprised that the, the public and – and Vegas and all the books have settled on. Yeah, the, the Niners are actually a little bit better heading into the game. I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, typically if if you, if you don't have the best quarterback or or the, or the better quarterback in the Super Bowl, you need to be really you need to have the the mismatch on the lines of scrimmage. And I'm not certain that the way the 49ers are playing gives them that that mismatch personnel wise. They're outstanding on the on the, on the defensive front. Um, but they have not been playing that exactly, well. exactly. And then offensive line, uh, I mean, they have the best. They have perhaps the best left tackle in football, in Trent Williams. But I don't know if I necessarily give them a huge edge there. So I remember, uh, you know, back in 2017, or more specifically February 2018, when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, I kept saying it's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. And then as I was talking to people and as the week got closer and I kind of, you know, was hearing from the Eagles about the matchups, I'm like, this is going to be about the lines of scrimmage, right? Um, And the, the offensive line played outstanding that game. And the Eagles end up winning, and Nick Foles put it out of his mind, right? Um, maybe Brock Purdy plays out of his mind, but uh, I have a hard time picking against Mahomes. I'm with you. And in that Super Bowl, I know that the Patriots' offensive line played probably above their heads in that yeah. game. Obviously, they give up the big play to BG at the end. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like the the time when you would go against the quarterback coach duo would be okay. This 
this team is just going to kill them on the on the lines. It's kind of what uh, Tampa did to to KC in that Super Bowl. To yep. remember, they just Mahomes was running Great for point. his life the entire game. Uh, I don't really see that here. I, I don't like how the, I don't really like how the Niners are playing, and I obviously hope that's the case. I think I am uh, begrudgingly rooting for the Chiefs to to win here. Just because I don't know, it's the the lesser of two evils, and sure. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid winning another Super Bowl at least at the very least it makes sense. Like it's like okay, makes sense. Best quarterback, probably the best coach right now, but uh, yeah, I don't see that mismatch on the lines. You can read all of Rich's Super Bowl uh, coverage in the newsletter. Uh, make sure you subscribe; it's free, and it's the best newsletter in Philly. And you can listen and read to all our Super Bowl coverage. Uh, live from Vegas next week. Like Rich said, uh, Julia, Bo, and I are heading there on Sunday night. We'll be on Radio Row Monday uh, morning and throughout next week, noon Eastern time, so 9 local time, and we're still uh, putting together a uh, roster of guests, but you're going to want to tune in, and we're excited to be out there. Bo is going to be back tomorrow from Mobile. You can check out all Bo's senior bowl coverage, and we have a special guest uh, tomorrow, tune in. Um, it's a, it's gonna be a guest you're gonna want to listen to and enjoy. Yeah, make, it's it's not Professor Shulman. That's a great guest. This is a different guest and one that uh, I promise you you'll enjoy. Uh, so until then, Rich, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Bo will, will want me to tell you that we love you. I will say, as Tony Kornheiser says, we'll be better tomorrow. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 Whoa, wh